Welcome to the Wild Wellness Podcast, where wild means women into living their dreams. I'm Jenny Holbert, and in each episode, we'll explore natural health and wellness, outdoor adventures, training, self-discovery, and personal growth. I want to inspire you to be the strong and healthy woman you really are, both on and off the trail. Because when wild women wake, mountains will move. Are you ready for an adventure? Welcome to episode number 13 on the Wild Wellness Podcast. This is your host, Jenny Holbert, but today you get to hear mostly from a very special guest. Described as a masterful storyteller and speaker by her peers, Amber Campion is a writer, teacher, and visionary life coach whose work invites you to boldly create a life that both lights you up and illuminates the world. She has been featured in Positively Positive, Thrive Global, and The Yogipreneur, and has led workshops, trainings, and retreats worldwide in places like Nicaragua, Thailand, Morocco, Costa Rica, Canada, Peru, and all over the United States. Amber designs one-of-a-kind experiences, enabling seekers to more authentically and courageously bring their full self to the world. She is the creator of the Fulfillment Formula, a soulful and strategic approach to defining, designing, and building a fulfilling life on your own terms, and is also the creator of DRM, Dynamic Release Method, a mind-body-soul recharge practice that fuses yoga postures, breath work, meditation, mindset techniques, internal martial arts, and self-myofascial release using tennis balls. She is the founder of the Changemaker Circle, a 10-month life accelerator and leadership expansion mentorship program, as well as the Changemaker's Adventure, an annual personal development, soulful lifestyle design, and adventure retreat. Amber currently lives in a 200-square-foot Airstream, traveling and working all around the United States with her partner, JP, and their rescue dog, Einstein. So without further ado, let's bring on the amazing Amber Campion. Welcome to the Wild Wellness Podcast, Amber. Thank you for being here. And before we dive in, I know you're currently traveling across the country living in an RV. So I have to ask, where are you today? Well, right now, me and my partner and our little dog are in Austin, Texas. We've been here for a couple weeks already. Oh, perfect. So you're, you dug some roots for a couple weeks. That probably feels like a long time, huh? <laughs> It feels like a long time, but it's also very much needed because, as you know, I'm traveling, but I'm also doing my work in the world, running my business. So grounding down for a couple of weeks, even a month at a time, feels a lot more um, doable <laughs> than being on the move every couple of days or every week. Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. That, that makes sense. What what an adventure overall, but I know it wasn't an easy transition and you doing this um, just this year and you've had some bumps along the way that even you weren't expecting as you, as you got into this. So can you share a bit about that and what you've been learning most in the process of living in an RV and doing your work from uh, kind of a location independent way and having more freedom like that? Sure. Well, it was last year that me and my partner decided that we were curious about becoming homeowners but we currently live in a part of California where the buy-in is about a million dollars. So it's pretty expensive. And the reality of us buying a home 
any time in the next couple of years wasn't a reality. But a big part of my work that I do in the world of people is help them to more soulfully kind of create a life design. So we, we map out in these different nine areas of life what they really want to be experiencing, what they want to create, and who they have to be to create that reality. So, of course, when we hit up against the road bump of being able to buy a home, we started kind of thinking outside the box, started to kind of open up other possibilities, like how could we own a home and also simultaneously explore more of the U.S. to decide where we might want to root down more permanently. And my partner actually came up with the idea for us to buy an Airstream. It's actually not the Airstreams that we normally see, the silver pole long ones. We actually drive inside ours. It's called an Airstream Land Yacht, and we remodeled it. And we decided to spend pretty much most of 2018 traveling all of the U.S., just kind of exploring and um, discovering different cities and small towns all around the U.S., visit friends, visit family. And then also for me to really take this whole kind of, you know, in the entrepreneurial world, a big thing we talk about is being location-free, location-free. It's such a, you know, an advantage of becoming an entrepreneur, yet I had found myself, um, you know, doing what most people do where I would just like, if I was traveling, it was because I was traveling to teach or lead a retreat. And so I wasn't actually like taking deep advantage of being location-free. So I was like, I wonder what this would be like to truly like <laughs> be um, embodying that entrepreneurial spirit of being location free. When we first hit the road, it was late January and it was super exciting. It felt like, oh my God, we're doing this. But what I've uncovered, because now we're about two, three months into this, is that um, moving, like I said, like in the beginning, we really had this idea that we'd probably like move every week or every two weeks and just, you know, kind of spend little bits of time. And we had all of these different places that we would planned on seeing, but it was just like for me to be running my business, um, meeting with clients, content creating, um, it just started to feel really hard for scheduling. It started to feel really hard for just feeling a sense of structure and groundedness and some sort of ritual and routine in my life. So we've been adapting. I mean, I'd say like, I know that was kind of a long story to get to the point, but the big lesson that we've learned, like two things that I am super clear that I am learning this year through this process is I'm developing my patience muscle a whole lot more. I'm also developing my adaptability muscle a whole lot more. But the thing that's really become clear to me in the past month is more than that, I mean, I feel like that's like obvious, like obviously you're going to become more patient and more adaptable when you do an adventure like this. But um, for me personally, what I'm really learning is that there's some work for me still to do around trusting myself, trusting where I'm at in my career, trusting the knowledge I have, trusting myself to not plan as much and trust that like my decade of experience is going to show through. So I've had to surrender a lot in these past couple of months. And um, like, I think for anyone, it's a bit challenging when you have like a new level of trusting yourself and surrendering to all that comes from that, you know? Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. The patience, the adaptation, 
the surrender, the trusting that you are where you need to be and that um, things maybe not work out the way that you expect them to all the time, but that it is all uh, for your good and for your growth more so, I guess. And it's really interesting you brought all that up, actually. I didn't even think of this until you started talking. But when I met you, I was in Sedona. I live in Pennsylvania, but I was in Sedona for the month of February and met um, at the yoga festival, as you know, and Amber was teaching a workshop for everyone listening. And that's um, where I got introduced to her and all of her amazing work. But I was there for a month with my husband and living, working, exploring, kind of taking advantage of that location independence, like you were talking about as being an entrepreneur and having my own business. And, you know, like all great adventures, things don't always pan out the way that you expect them to. And we had an amazing time, but definitely like some little bumps and, you know, things that we weren't expecting coming at us along the way. Um, But it definitely is in those moments that force you to go back into, um, you know, what is this trying to what is this here to teach me? Um, what can I learn from this? How can I adapt to this? And I love that we have experiences like that to offer, um, offer us more growth, even though in the, in the time, you know, when we're first getting into it, sometimes it feels like something we might want to push away, (laughs) but it's all about like what you share with is the soulful lifestyle design. And I saw in your, um, somewhere that you wrote recently that for 2018, your theme is about creating experiences that are in alignment with inspired connection. So tell me, tell us about that a little bit. Okay. Um, Well, at the end of the year, I always do kind of a, it's what I call it both soulful and strategic. So it's a process where I'm kind of reflecting on the past year What was, where were the moments, where were the times, who were the people that I was around when I felt most lit up, when I felt most myself, when I felt most present, Um, you know, what were the moments that that stand out when I'm reflecting on the past year. Um, And then I do a whole kind of processing moving forward and really designing and planning and plotting in a very fun way, but also very strategic so that I have kind of a, a roadmap or a blueprint to follow for the year ahead. And keep in mind, this isn't like, you know, set in stone and it can't change. In fact, it often changes a lot. But when I move forward with some kind of structure with the year, it's like I, I can actually achieve these things that I say I'd like to achieve. You know, I can actually actualize big, beautiful dreams versus just hope that one day I'll find the space and time for them, right? Mm-hmm. So, um one of the processes that I do is that I each year create a theme for the year ahead. So there's this many themes that will come through, like clearly as I started venturing into 2018, trust is clearly one of my themes that I couldn't have planned for, but I have one kind of overarching theme. And I, in a sense, I kind of create more than a theme. It's like my overall North star. And I base it around what I was, where I was feeling the most fulfilled and the most connected and the most present the year prior. So it's like I kind of map out all those moments, all those times, all those places, all those people. And and then I'll like come up with like, well, what was, why, why was that the most fulfilling thing? Why was that in my memory as the time that I felt most alive, most present, most, most like me? And I write down those words 
And those words, generally, there's like a repetition. You know, you see some kind of pattern, or if there are a bunch of different words, you can kind of um, pull them into one feeling, one essence. Um, it could be growth. It could be um, like courage. It could be something simple like that. And for me, it was what I had noticed is last year is anytime I was connecting with someone in a truly inspiring way. So this year, my theme became inspired connection. And what I love about kind of rooting myself in that overall energy essence, however you want to word it, is that when I feel like I'm like, because this is, if you're human, you're going to relate to this. <laughs> Life happens and things we don't expect occur and, and they can throw us off. They can throw us off from a deeper core intention of why we're creating what we're creating, why we're doing what we're doing. It is so easy for humans to get off track. But I find if you have this one, like, and it has to be something that's rooted like as soon as you hear those words you feel it in your body and so there has been already especially because these first couple of months of this year have been have really thrown me off there has been a lot of learning already like I said a lot of surrender um, a lot of uh, things that I couldn't plan for a lot of unexpected even in the way um, yeah just getting thrown off a lot and every time I feel myself kind of losing my path I just remember I'm like okay inspired connection and I get back to that and I do something like um you know for instance last night me and my partner went to an improv class and it just completely grounded me and got me back to my center mm. because inspired connection is my north star and as long as I'm kind of looking in that direction and creating experiences that feel that sense of connection with other human beings in an inspiring way. And for me, inspiring is also just authentic, like real, genuine, like this conversation, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it's a way for me to just stay on track without, and again, this is like a more soulful way. It's like, rather than being like, oh, I'm off track on my morning routine and my goals and blah, 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 and starting to get really heady about it. It's just like, okay, I feel like I'm losing my way a little bit. What can just like instantly get me back on my path? And it's simply that same. It's simply being like, okay, and then doing something that allows me to feel that essence immediately. Yeah, it's like an anchor. I like that yep. a lot. It definitely sounds like that. And it's, it's so important to have that, uh, whatever it is, you know, and I think it's, I love hearing your process about how you come up with your theme for the year and looking back to set something for the forward. And I'm definitely going to tap into that a bit more because while I, you know, have a theme for my own uh, year that kind of comes to me, it's sometimes it's not always through that reflection of asking myself, well, what did I really see in last year that, you know, was meaningful that I love? Sometimes, sometimes it probably comes that way. Other times it maybe is just a more looking forward, but I love that reminder to look back too. And I think it's really interesting that you say that you didn't quote, find your calling like a lost earring or something that you created it. And it kind of reminds me of that when you're talking about setting a theme and setting an intention for, you know, that theme that then carries through each day and each moment and what you choose to do. Um, but you didn't find your calling, you created it by leaning into your curiosity and most importantly, your fear. So I think it'd be awesome to talk about that a little bit and how leaning into your fear can help someone who's 
first looking to lead themselves into designing the life that they desire and bringing them, their full selves to the world and then maybe also leading others in, in the future. Yeah, sure. Um, well, here, I'll, I'll kind of open up by this. This is something that I say a lot. And I, I think, you know, the things that we say a lot, we're also reminding ourselves, you know, yes, but uh -huh. this, you know, one thing I know for sure, something that I've definitely learned over working in this industry for more than a decade is that, you know, when we all want to create a great life, an extraordinary life, a fulfilling life, whatever word you want to use. And what that looks like for each individual is going to be radically different when we really tune in to who we are and what we want, right? Yes. And also, when we're really truly willing to create that life. And I like to use that word create because so often we, when we talk about um, happiness or purpose or fulfillment or our calling, people use these words that I feel are very disempowering. Like, how do I find it? Right? Like as if this is like luck or as if this is like you have to go on this deep search outside of yourself or even this deep search inside of yourself. This is something that you can consciously create, which for me, that wording, what it does for me is it puts me back in the driver's seat of my life. Like, oh, yeah, I'm a creator. We all are. We're here to do that. And yes, we all have completely different circumstances and backgrounds that we come to this game with. And we are all creating, that's for sure. What I have found is that working with people and my own life is that when we start to really dive into going, you know what, I'm ready to really live into possibility. I'm really ready to lean in and see what's possible. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to see what's possible. It gets me. You know, it's not just this, like what I say is it's, it's both messy and marvelous. This process of creating extraordinary life all too often in the personal development world is like, oh, it's just going to be so freaking awesome, man. You're just going to create an awesome life and it's just going to be marvelous. And as soon as you just tap your mindset into that, you're going to be like, and every day is going to be like marvelous and magic. Mm -hmm. And yes, that is part of the, of the picture. And it's also messy because the people who are truly doing that are leaning into some edges that will bring up some messy stuff. It's going to bring up some internal stuff. It's going like their fears. Because when you start really expanding out of the paradigm that you have been so programmed to believe that's all you can have, yeah, like shit's going to come up. Your fears are going to come up. Self-doubt is going to come up. We're going to, you know, we're going to, because we're so used to looking for like this. Um, and when I say we are so used to looking like the way the human brain works is we, it's much easier for the human mind to see and notice and look for what's not working. And also for pattern to do that. Like if we're pattern to say like, Oh no, see, it's really hard for me. You don't understand or, you know, everyone in my family, whoever did something like that, they failed. You know, these patterns that we're so used to, mm. the brain is used to looking in that direction. And so we will find, we will literally see that stuff. We'll see it more than the possibility. Well, what about these, this other possibility? What about this over here? And so it takes a, a when I say a conscious practice, I mean like minute by minute, you know, like I feel like I fall off track of my practice 
of staying present and mindful and in that space of possibility, like all the time, which is why I'm such a big advocate of surrounding yourself with like-minded community and resources from books to TED Talks and things like that to remind you like again and again that possibility is there, right? Yeah. Um, but with the, yeah, with the whole, like, I know I kind of went off track, but I just, I guess that that's No, you're out, good. But <laughs> with regards to the calling, I get this a lot where, you know, like, I don't really know what my purpose is in life. I don't really know what my calling is. It's not really clear. Or I kind of know what my calling is, but it's not really coming out exactly the way that I thought it would, or it's not looking the way I thought it would. And, you know, how did you find it, Amber? How did you find your calling? And that's kind of where I wrote that article about it. It's not like some lost little like pearl earring that I found under my bed. What I did is I started leaning into curiosity. That was the first step. So that's the first thing I would tell people is if they are seeking to have more clarity around how to have more purpose and feel a sense of calling in their life, I would ask them, what are you curious about? Like the work I do, I... 10 years ago, 15 years ago, would have like someone told me this is this is your future, I would have been like, you are talking to the wrong person. Because it was not like that at all. Like I didn't know that I wanted to work in the personal and spiritual development industry. I had no idea. And let alone did I think I had that kind of leadership ability within me to do something like that. So I just leaned into what I was curious about. And you know, 15 years ago, what I was curious about was yoga. So for me, my journey started as a yoga teacher. Um, I still implement pieces of that because I was a yoga teacher for many, many years and I used to teach her training. So that's still a part of my work, but now it's just like a tiny little piece because it evolves over time. So I'd say, what are you curious about? What are you curious to try? What are you curious to learn more about? Um, even like improv. Improv is something that I've been bringing into my workshops and my coaching for years now, and, and it's because I was curious about improv. So it's like all these things that you're curious about are what your calling is. That's all it is. Curiosity is your calling, right? It's like the still small voice of your calling shows up in your world as curiosity. It's not like, oh, improv is my calling or yoga is my calling. It's not like that. It's more like lean into that and trust that like the, the dots are going to connect. Mm. And that overall, as you keep leaning into, so once you lean into your curiosities, the second thing is you have to be willing to lean into your fears. Because as I started leaning into my curiosities, um, my curiosities got big me let's just put it that way they got bigger than me right they got like well now I'm curious about what it'd be like to actually teach and I was terrified I mean literally like physical almost vomiting passing out in front of people when I first taught and now I've you know now I teach in front of thousands of people sometimes without feeling any fear I just feel like total excitement but that took me leaning into that fear again and again for literally years before that became something that was like, oh, I know that speaking in front of people is part of my calling, mm -hmm. you know, and that'll evolve and grow and show up in many different ways. Probably, you know, 10 years from now, if you interviewed me again, it'll look different than it does today. Yeah, it makes sense. And I know 
as humans, as we step into those things and we lean into curiosity and, and realize what kind of fears we have, we realize that those fears are often stories that are showing up uh, oftentimes consistently when we're stretching into living our dreams and stepping all in for something or even just leaning into it a little bit and, and tiptoeing towards it, we get those stories that come up and maybe sometimes it's a story that's like, this is too hard or I can't do this or who am I to whatever. And when that comes up and, you know, we're getting out of our comfort zone and we know that that's part of it, how would you say as it's come up for you? Cause I'm sure it has as you're human too. And you stepped into big bold <laughs> things in your life. How, how would someone listening and how have you moved past it? Yeah. Um, I would say that there's no, like, here's the one thing that I do. I mean, I definitely, I would say the first thing that comes to mind, the most important thing that I've ever done to really help me move through the stories, the fears, the blocks that come up when I'm, you know, stepping into a bigger game of bringing my full self to the world is community. And that can look like um, a million different things. You know, that could look like having mentors and mentors can show up in your life as, you know, people who have done something you're curious about, you know, so teachers, mentors, it could be coaches, it could be creating, um, for years now, I've been part of women's circles, monthly women's circles. This is like the first time why I'm on this road trip in probably almost 12 years that I haven't been part of a monthly women's circle. So um, I also have like a little mastermind that I've created over, uh, like, uh, you know, from going to different schools and meeting, like, like I have a mastermind with two other women. So it's three of us and all three of us are entrepreneurs and we're at a similar level. We do very different things with our careers, but we're at a similar level with our careers and we talk for an out for 90 minutes every three weeks. So just having solid support. And the reason I think support, the reason I know support is so powerful is that, you know, one thing I always, there was a quote, I don't know who said this, but I heard this quote years ago and I never forgot it. Well, first of all, it's a really easy quote to remember. But <laughs> it's so powerful. It, the quote is discipline is remembering what you want. That's mm -hmm. all it is. It's just remembering what you want. But here's the thing about human nature is we forget every day. So you can like go, let's say to a seminar or a class or write down in your journal, like you can have a moment of like empowerment and motivation and inspiration and be like, yeah, I'm going to start that pop. I'm going to, you know, book that workshop or, you know, I'm going to, whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the next day comes and we just forget. We like, we forget all of that incredible life force that was moving through our body that was saying, yes, like this is what life is about. We forget and what gets replaced is what I call the itty bitty shitty committee that we all have, which is like <laughs> our inner critic, like you don't have enough experience. You're not ready for that. You're too young. You're too old. I, I don't know. You know what? You want to teach about anger, but you're like an angry person. But you know, like <laughs> we have a million, right? A million different voices and then all of a sudden we listen to that and we're like yeah yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on the back burner I'll get back to this next year mm -hmm. and then 10 years later that's like oh yeah I don't know whatever happened with that idea so yeah I mean for me it's community remembering you know and yeah. also when I have like-minded community it also helps me to process and filter out because I imagine most of your listeners are 
super creative people, super creative people also have like 500 ideas a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if, you know, having a, an effective space where you can filter out which ideas are really like really coming deep from within your soul, because that's the thing too, is it's like, I know when I first started on this journey of consciously being a creator is that I had to really, you know, filter out. It's like, we can only do so much in a year. We can do a ton in a lifetime. Like, you know, we can do way more than we give ourselves credit for in an entire lifetime, but then we try to overdo it in a year. And that desaturates the potency of what we create and sometimes causes us to almost create nothing at all. And so I've gotten really good through practice and, and awareness and conversation of filtering out like what really matters right now. And also like looking at things that are almost like dominoes. Like if I work on this and I spend time on this this year, and it's, you know, that might be a couple things that's actually going to help me write my book next year, for instance, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You know? So it's like, um, you start to have a little bit more um, respect for the ideas. And yeah, it's just, you know, being able to filter, filter that out and be able to, really look at what's really going to light you up and how much, how much energy and time and space do you actually have? Do you really have space for all eight of those ideas? Or maybe do we want to cut that in half, you know? Right. (laughs) And if so, what's that going to look like? Yeah. Yeah. That really, that's such a good reminder and like things as stepping stones towards something else and seeing how that all comes together in a puzzle that can be creation too. And not just, idea popping and not being able to piece it all together. Right. So you've probably heard the ancient Chinese proverb, when sleeping women wake, mountains will move. And (laughs) I like to say when wild women wake, mountains will move. Uh, Meaning Hmm. wild, meaning women into living their dreams as an acronym and wild meaning, you know, unrestrained in the pursuit of one's potential. So I'm just curious what, resonates with you about that phrase or what does it mean to you when I say when wild women wake mountains will move well I mean there's definitely a movement going on the past few few years around really kind of waking up the feminine side of leadership so that comes up for me and for me what I think that is is it's not so much even just about like you know I don't know if you know this but the Dalai Lama did a talk once where he said the Western woman is going to save the world. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that there's, and what I'm thinking is that there's this balance of our feminine and our ener- masculine energies that need to come forth to really create the change. But I, I think what you're saying with that with like the wild, when the wild woman wakes up is there's this whole level of the feminine side that isn't, you know, a lot of success, a lot of, um, life and career designing, goal setting, all of that has really been presented to us and defined for us in a very masculine energy, right? Mm -hmm. A very do or die, a very like rigid, structured, um, you know, lose sleep to create what you want. Um, You can only, you know, it just came from this paradigm that doesn't really sit well with the feminine energy. So of course, most women, as they step into really becoming change agents in this world, I think find a lot of resistance with um, the way leadership is often looked at and expected in our society. So 
think a big part of that wild woman waking up is, is really stepping into being a thought leader and a voice in this world and not only bringing their big, beautiful, amazing ideas into this world, but also really changing the dialogue around what leadership looks like in this world and how leadership can show up. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's very different and individual and a discovery sort of by doing all the things that we've talked about so far. Right. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I could talk to you for a while, but before we wrap up, I would love to know something that you're excited about now. Anything that you want to share that's coming up for you? Yeah. Um, well, the kind of the next step that I'm pretty excited about is every year I lead a retreat in a really beautiful location. And I always look forward to this. This is like my opportunity to, you know, a lot of the work I do is virtual with so this is my opportunity to come into community with, with people in a beautiful place. And so October 20th to 27th, I have a retreat in Bali called the Changemakers Adventure. And it's, um, it's pretty special. It's a, you know, it's a personal development, soulful life design and adventure retreat. It includes coaching that happens before and after the retreat. So it's really um, my intention with it is not just to, for us all to go away and, you know, do yoga every single day. and relax for a week and then that's it. I really create a community. Mm -hmm. um, even today, like some of the people who went on it last year are still friends. Like just the other day, one guy from Boston was in New York City, and, you know, two people that are on their retreat and he visited her in New York City and they were sending photos to everyone. So I really do create that community atmosphere and especially with the coaching that happens before and after where we all come together on Zoom and connect um, is really exciting. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. And I will link to that in the show notes for everyone listening that wants to go check out more information about that. So one, one, la one last question. What's something that I can do and the listeners could do to support you? Well, something you guys could do to support me is um, I love writing and I love sharing what I do. So you can become a part of my community. And um, when you do that, you actually get a free gift, which is like a, a kind of a Kickstarter soulful life design process. It's like a four day e-course. So you could send people to, I actually emailed you a link, but I, it's ambercampion.com, I think forward slash create a life by design. But if you could add that, but that way you guys can join my community. I don't send out a ton of stuff. And when I do, it's relevant, pertinent and inspiring. And um, that's where you can also stay in touch with the things I'm doing in the world and the way to get more involved and yeah, just kind of grow that community of change makers. Absolutely. Yes. I will definitely link to that in the show notes as well. So everyone can grab that. That sounds like an amazing resource and I'm excited to take advantage of that too, for sure. Awesome. Well, Amber, thank you so much for taking the time to, share this wisdom with all of us things that you have gained along your amazing journey i'm really grateful to know you and for all the amazing tools and knowledge that you offer and for your adventurous spirit and what you have ahead as far as this coming year um, this was just perfect so thank you so much thank you 
Well, wasn't that amazing? I just love what she shared. I hope you got as much as I did out of this episode. And thank you so much for listening. If you did like it, be sure to subscribe. And if you feel moved, I would love to have you leave a review on iTunes or your podcast app to know what you think and even topics that you'd like to hear more about in the future. And if you know of someone who might be into this episode or nature-inspired wellness and living a life of adventure, I'd be so grateful if you took a moment and shared it with them. And just so you know, everything mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes, and that's at jennyholbert.com forward slash 13. You can find other episodes there too. So thank you so much for being here. And until next time, remember when wild women wake, mountains will move.